Uh, we just got back from Everest Base Camp about 10 days ago. So I'm just going to fly through some slides real quick, share four insights from being in Nepal, and then get you guys to cocktails and networking. So this shouldn't take long at all, and I appreciate you sticking around. Uh, first off, if you want to get to know someone well, you know, go to the Grand Canyon or the Zion Narrows or go to Nepal and go backpacking with them or go on an adventure with them. It's my wife and I getting ready, leaving for the trip. I brought one of my investors. His name is Dat. He's from Vietnam. He built and sold his dental practice. He's invested in three different transactions with us. He builds orphanages in Vietnam uh, in some rural uh, areas up north of where he grew up. And just a great, super positive, high-energy person. He's been to one or two of our events here, and he'll be coming with his wife uh, more often. Um, so since he's from the dental space, we went, and when we saw dental clinics around Kathmandu before heading up to the trek, we stopped and took a couple pictures along the way. This one had a big bucket of teeth in the front window, so we made sure and take a uh, picture of that. That was a unique marketing strategy. Um, the average person in Nepal makes $400 a year. Most of you spent more than that on your Ubers and flights or hotel to get here. Some of you spent that maybe on dinner last night. So it's just something to, to consider as you're seeing some of these pictures. We all got Nepalese haircuts when we were in Nepal. That's definitely recommended if you go out there, a very specific type of haircut. Um, this is Namchi. It's a village. It's about 13,000 feet up in the mountains. Just an example of what it looks like up there. Um, between the trails, you find these small villages. Is actually one of the bigger ones. Uh, we bought some fox hair hats along the way to keep warm. Became the, the fox pack while we were up there. And there's a couple more just cool pictures along the way. It's Charlie and I. We got a couple of blizzards along the way. This was about 14,000 feet. So we got lucky enough to have it snow on us. This time of year, it's hit or miss on seeing any fresh snow coming down. Uh, lots of uh, suspension bridges. And, you know, when you take a picture of anything in the wilderness, it never really does it justice. When you, even on a big projector screen, you know, in person, you're always like, oh, wow. And you take a picture and you're like, eh, you know, uh, but definitely encourage you to go check it out. It was amazing uh, experience. So our favorite area was up by Labushi. It was at 16,000 feet, and there's a lodge there. When you're hiking between the 16,000 feet and the 17,600, uh, you can see three of the five highest mountains in the world, and you're hiking on pretty much flat ground, but all around you are these mountain peaks, but the mountain peaks are like coming right out of the ground right next to you. So it's pretty amazing to see. We've got a couple pictures of that here. Here's one of them. My brother was nice enough to get me a rainbow-colored birthday sash to wear the whole day because it happened to be my birthday the day we got up to base camp. So uh, I got to have a bunch of random strangers in base camp sing me happy birthday. There's a picture of our crew there. Our guide, Sanjay, was amazing. Uh, Nepal Outfitters was the company, and I can connect you with Sanjay in case anyone wants to go out there. This is a picture of us at Everest Base Camp. Um, it was all happy and fun at this point. We then went and saw, how many people have seen 14 Peaks on Netflix documentary? Uh, Nim's Day is the most famous Sherpa in Nepal. Lots of mountain climbers or Europeans or Americans that kind of take all the glory and fame, but it's the Sherpas that lay the spikes and the ropes and the ladders before the, the rich Westerners go there in a much less risky way. And Nims Day has set world records for climbing 14 peaks over six months and a bunch of other world records. And we went and saw his camp and were able to 
see where his setup was in Basecamp. Um, my wife got to go and take a picture of with him as well. Um, this is a Kumbu Icefall. <clears throat> to climb Everest, you have to go through that. And it's essentially a glacier that's been smashed into a river, basically, of glacier. So it gets all choppy and broken up. So you have to put ladders across these crevices. Five days before we went, um, three Sherpas died from an avalanche right there. And six days ago, a Harvard graduate doctor died at base camp one just above there. His heart just stopped in, in camp one just under stress uh, or maybe some precondition that he didn't know about. Um, so this is the most dangerous part, climbing Everest. We got to the bottom of it, uh, got to touch it, take a bite out of it, but we didn't actually go across it. We didn't want to lose our nose or fingers or, or die while up there. Um, you know, after we got there, right after we got there, we've been trekking for 10 days. It turns out I realized I had food poisoning, got some altitude sickness, and I'll spare you the next two slides, which are not family office stage appropriate. But if you want the rest of that story, you can talk to my brother. But it was an awesome trip. Um, we would recommend doing the trek for eight to 10 days and taking a helicopter ride back to Kathmandu because after eight or 10 days of sleeping in a seven degree lodge at the top with no heat, you're ready to go back to civilization and the Marriott in Kathmandu. But um, let me know if anyone needs feedback. Here's four takeaways. Some of these are very related to investments. Some of them are more related to health and just having a fun life. First one, Tony Robbins talks about this a lot. But he talks about how lots of people just go around collecting strategies. You come here and you want investment strategies. You want strategies on due diligence. You want strategies on setting up a family office. But for most people, after you've collected a whole lot of strategies, Tony Robbins believes, as a multi-billionaire, that your state of mind and the story you tell yourself matters more than the strategies you're using. The state of mind will attract a better quality investor or a better quality partner uh, in a deal or better quality deal flow. And being in a peak state of mind, an ideal state of mind, and managing your energy in your life so that you are, in a higher percentage of the time, in a peak state of mind, may be more important than collecting a whole bunch of strategies. That means not working with bad people, not being stressed, not being pulled too thin, maybe focusing more and being intentful. So I think that's underappreciated and something that I'm trying to, to focus on more so. Uh, second point, being close to death or where people sometimes die or doing something extremely physically punishing, uh, et cetera, just makes you value life more, humbles you a little bit. Um, and we talk a lot about being ultra healthy at our events. So you can see some of our past recordings on this topic uh, if you'd like. Tomorrow morning, my opening talk is going to be 20 ways to be more time efficient and get more things done per hour in the day and just things that we've learned over 16 years running our investor club. But I usually give a talk or two on, on being ultra healthy. Happy to share that content with anyone who's new to our community. Uh, number three here is just that really you have nothing to complain about if you're in this room. If you had grown up in Nepal or just moved here last year from Nepal, you would just see how amazing infrastructure, police, healthcare opportunities are here compared to countries like that. Many of you have been to Malaysia, India, um, places like that, just seeing the level of poverty uh, versus what we have here in America. Our Sherpa here, Sanja, Sanjay, he slept in the same seven degree lodge we did, but with a cotton blanket, no sleeping bag. And I don't know how he, how he did it. So I left him my sleeping bag when we left and we gave him a tip, of course, like, like all the trekkers do, but he didn't have merino wool or omni heat from Colombia. Um, so just sh seeing that level of living versus what we all experienced was kind of eye-opening. And I think it's kind of refreshing. It just kind of reminds you how lucky we are. Um, the last thing, 
as I mentioned, you can see three of the five highest mountains in the world. Um, it cost us money to fly there, of course, under $2,000, but the whole trek for 10 days, the lodging, the food, the helicopter ride, et cetera, was also under $2,000 per person. It's not an expensive thing, but it was an amazing experience we'll never forget. Um, and I think if you're not doing exciting adventures, if you're not laughing, crying, looking forward to something, if you're bored, then other people probably are going to be less likely to want to do business with you. It might change your state of mind. It might, you might attract opportunities, business, and be living a better version of yourself if you give your self space and time to do things like this. And whether it's bringing a business partner or bringing a relative or bringing somebody that you're trying to groom or just spend more time with because you've been working too much or bringing a uh, past investor like I did here. If you want to get to know a potential investor, a potential partner, uh, after 10 days, 12 days of living with them like in the wild earth and cabins, you know them pretty well. You might know them better than you wanted to know them by the end of that trip. And you're, you're going to know whether you're going to be friends a long time or not by the end of that trip. right? So uh, those are some of the insights from, from Everest. I don't want to keep you guys any longer for cocktails. I've got about 30 seconds of housekeeping notes here. Uh, while coming to these events, I want it to be a perpetual learning machine. It could just be one strategy or one connection that really makes a huge difference and lots of other uh, things you want to keep in mind, take notes on, and take little actions on. Hopefully, you come away with a couple of big things from this event. The second thing is that tomorrow, we're going to have 30-plus speakers on stage, including Mitzi Perdue from the Perdue Chicken family and Sheraton Hotel family, as well as Bob Harari, who was the co-author of Life Force with Tony Robbins. Uh, and He's going to be one of our keynote speakers tomorrow. So don't miss either of those speakers and all of our discussion panels on stage tomorrow. Uh, we try to keep it fast moving through the whole day, sometimes to a fault. We'll have someone who flew here from London or Asia or flew here from San Diego, and they get four minutes to talk on a panel. But the whole point is that you know who they are, what they're investing in, what they're focused on, and then you can go and make a connection. I know sometimes that means the flow of the room is a bit bit in and out uh, during the day. But just make sure, especially if you're here with more than one person, that you don't network so hard that you miss some of the best discussion panels on stage because people are saying what they're investing in. They're saying their investment mandates. And so especially if you have two people from your team, try to keep one in the room to take notes on what people are saying while the other one goes and networks and catches up with someone. But I know you're here to meet people and sometimes you might be having a great time and get caught out in the halls for longer than anticipated. I know that happens with me just while going to get a cup of water or something. So I uh, hope everyone's having a great time at the event. Um, if you're new to our community, just remember there's a dozen investment masterminds. We used to call them workshops per year that we host. Those are coming up in Dallas, New York, Scottsdale uh, in June, as well as in October. We have our next investor summit like this in San Francisco, and that's September 7th and 8th. And then after that uh, is the October masterminds, and then our family office super summit is December 3rd to 5th. We moved it a little bit away from Christmas this year to make it easier on everybody, including our own team. But we're at the Westin uh, Beachfront Hotel again, and it's going to be three full days, 130 speakers on stage again, plus cocktails the night before. It's our biggest event of the year, so it's not one to miss. We have more family offices on stage at that event than any other event that I know of globally. There's probably some World Economic Forum or something that technically has more just because of the quality of people speaking there. But in the family office space, we for sure have the most. So.